around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We are just thrilled. Every week, we come to minister to you and just share with you the Word of God and some, we think, very timely, appropriate things that you need right here in the 21st century. The call of God is on each of us to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, to be salt and light in the world, and each of us has a job to do. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your calling or gift is to give to the world has to be, um, you know, with your own anointing. (laughs) God doesn't let you live off of somebody else's. Uh, You know, kids can't live off of their parents, you know, forever. And then church members can't just be happy and love their pastors and and think they don't have a job and refer every problem to the pastor. An employee has to do their job. And it's the same way with you and I and the body of Christ. We are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Have a, And all ministry really is, someone said many years ago, and I think it's so succinct and appropriate, is that ministry is simply influence. So you have been called to influence your generation for the kingdom of God, for the gospel's sake, and to take a contingency with you to heaven, not just you, yourself, you know, us four and no more. So we we want to remind you that you are called to the world and you have prayers to pray. You have to show up. Um, I love the phrase my first husband always used with our church members. If you don't show up, nothing else matters. And so we want you to show up and have the power and have the have the anointing and have the message that God wants you to say a word in season like apples of gold and pictures of silver. So here we are, darling, in the month of merry, merry month of May. <laughs> you want me to sing for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, Terry and I were just, uh, you know, having a good time this morning singing that old song uh, while strolling through the park one day. You know, and, and that's really kind of where God's called us. We're, we're passing through this planet and we're here to do a job. Well, that's what he originally intended when he put Adam and Eve in the Garden that's of Eden. Right. He said, I'm going to come down every day in yes. the cool of the day. I'm going to take you, Adam, by the hand. Honey, right. I'm going to take you by the hand. And we're going to tiptoe through the tulips together and bask in the Shekinah glory of me. Yes. And we'll just stroll through the park that's every day what a concept you know what <laughs> not a, just in the merry merry month of may but I know. every day 24 7 forever what a glorious thought and to be you know have that presence of the lord all the time um you know it just is such an enticement for people's soul his yoke is easy his burden is light he wants to live with us and take care of the things of life. He's already given us a book full of promises to encourage us Amen. to live Amen. in the promises of God. Yes. So we want to encourage you today and talk about that with you on some things that, that you're living in the promises, living on the, as that old song said, you remember that Terry living and I'm living on the hallelujah side. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, it was such a wonderful concept. We've cried, we've, we have spiritual Canaan land right now where we're living Crossed in the over Jordan to Canaan's, Canaan's fair, fair land. land. <laughs> and we and this have, is like heaven to me. This is like heaven to me. And that's the way the Lord wants it to be for you or in your soul right now. Uh, it says, I think in the books of book of Acts that God wants to give us times of refreshing yes. that come from the presence of the Lord. 
so that we live in the promises of his yoke is easy, his burden is light. If you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, he will keep you in perfect peace. And there's that there's that gentleness, that peace, that that presence of the Lord that causes the soul to be refreshed by that. So we want to encourage you to live in those things and um, well, you help know, you walk in the power. You know, we used to always preach, it's been a long time and that people still need to hear it, that that Jesus' burden is easy. His his yoke is light. Yes. And so if you're if you're under heavy and hard, yeah. then you're not yoked up with Jesus. You no, know, you need to right. switch yokes and and get the yoke of Jesus that, that's easy and it's light. And uh, He's already carried it for us. He's already done it for us. He's already right. walked this earth. He's already proved that you can do it. And so uh, He's our He's our example, and that my, we my. need to be walking with the with an easy burden and a, and a light yoke. That's Rather right. than Christians just being beat down, beat up, uh, you know, and uh, under heavy loads and saying, oh, I tell you, the devil's been chasing me all day. <laughs> Bless his holy name. Know. You know, instead of, instead of it being such a hard walk, right, right. Uh, that's not what God had intended. No, Don't you just not. love the Bible? Don't you love the what we call the word of faith? The word of faith. You know, Romans we call 10. It, you, know, you, know, back, you know, back in yeah Romans uh, chapter 10, Paul's talking about what? What saith it? The word is nigh thee, right. even in thy mouth, right, and right. even in thy heart, this word of faith which we preach. And uh, we probably coined, uh, you know, uh, coined that term back in the, oh, I don't know, late 60s, I late guess. 60s. And then, going, of course, going into the 70s, off in the 70s, 80s, right, right. that uh, people talked about uh, the word of faith. Are you a word of faith person? Are you a word person? Right. You know, people say, Brother Terry, I'm a word, I'm a word man. You know, my, my <laughs> wife's a word wife. My kids are word kids. You know, we, we go to a word church. We sing word songs. Our pastor's a word pastor. Right. My dog's a word dog. My bird's a word bird. <laughs> and, 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 he, and I saw that beginning to slack off even in those early days. And I'd tell people, are, well, are you really? Yeah, you really? say you're a word no man. Joke. You say you're a word woman. But, but are you really a word person, exactly. which to me, the definition of that would be, I agree with and adhere to the word of God, the Bible right. in every area. I don't get a vote. I don't get an opinion. I don't get to call no. it the way I see it. Uh, I have to do what the word says. I look at the word, the word's my guide, the word's my map, the word's, yes. the word's my daily uh, directory. Uh, and if you're a word person, then you agree with and adhere to the word or the Bible. And I'd say to people back in those early days, decades ago, I'd say, now, are you really a word person or are you just a favorite word person? <laughs> you know, every Christian has favorite words. Right, you know, right, they, right. You know I, I was raised in a Pentecostal church where they all knew they all knew some of the word, that, right. and their favorite word was kind of mostly the thou shalt nots. <laughs> you right. know, don't have any fun. Don't do this. Don't cut your hair. Don't wear makeup. Right. You know, don't wear jewelry. Oh don't, 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 I don't, don't. those days. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Right. But, you know, everybody has favorite words. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember when I was a little kid, I thought I thought ever ever drunk I ever ran into or ever, ever uh, sip insane I ever ran into, they'd always <laughs> quote their favorite word was, Take a little wine for the tummy's sake, you know. <laughs> I mean, they all they all knew a scripture somewhere where Jesus drank wine, or Paul drank wine, or somebody drank wine, and so you know that that was their favorite word. I always but, remember. You know, we ought to be a word no, person right. to where right. the word the dominates word. the Bible, right. dominates our daily lives. It dominates our thinking. It dominates our talking. It dominates our actions. We exactly. are who we are. We do what we do because of the. Word. We've got a Bible with 66 books 
that teach us and tell us and train us how to live on planet earth and how to do it successfully and how to do it with prosperity, with blessing, with increase. That's right. When you were talking there, I was thinking about how a wonderful minister that long has been in heaven used to say years ago um, that uh, people race madly through the Bible to support their prejudices. Oh, yeah, sure. So sure. I always remember that phrase Bob Boos would say, you know, people race madly through the Bible to support their prejudices. No, that's right. And they have their little specific scriptures to support uh, the vanity of their own mind. <laughs> and they live out of that. Sure. And then and then they they just live exclusively by that. And uh, they're, they're, like I've said before, they're, they're, they're sucking through a straw to get the blessing of God when they could play on a whole big giant playing field, sure. like a football field, sure. uh, to expand. They could be drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and really begin to have a more revelation, more insight, and certainly more fellowship. You know, you with mentioned the Lord Bob Boos. Bob Boos was a Baptist pastor yes, for decades. Yes, and then he got filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and, and he got so turned on to the word and I first heard him Renee yeah. when I was uh, I guess 15 and uh, he came to our church and I was so impressed with him because everything he said was word I yeah. mean as a teenager I just thought dear me everything he says is coming everything coming out of his mouth is right out of the Bible oh, that's right. and he'd, he'd give a scripture you'd, you'd tell him something he'd give you a scripture and then he'd say bless God bless God bless God bless God hallelujah that's him that's him that's him he <laughs> you was... know he passed away a few years ago he was I, I knew him you know from the time I was 15 <laughs> all the way up until his and his I guess he died in his 80s I don't remember Dean was sitting on the front row. Dean and I were in Fort Worth one time. We were with Jerry and Carolyn, and and, and we were Savelle, and we were, we were over there. And Bob Boos was speaking in a, in a in a little um, old shopping center storefront thing Jerry had, and we were on the front row. And and Dean had known Bob's from Lakewood, and mm-hmm. so he knew him as Brother Dearman's son. And so we were sitting up there, and and it was so cute. He reached a, he Dean had on some loafers, and he. He just walked over and kicked Dean's loafer off his foot. Dean mm-hmm. had his and he just said, "Get up here, you're on, you on thing. I've got a word for you." Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was just such a charming. He was a large, booming voice, oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. and God, God used that man yeah, he to and remind Lillian, us they were, they of were so many good things. Wonderful people, wonderful yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you know, they had a son that was killed. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember how he died at this point. I don't remember if it was, well, I just don't know. So I'd be speculating. Anyway, he got killed. And when they came to the door uh, and told Bob and Lillian that um, their son had died, had been killed. uh, I was so impressed because he began to dance before the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he danced before the Lord and said, thank God I have a son in heaven and, and began to rejoice. And I did the same thing whenever I was in a hotel room in Miami uh, on my way to Jamaica to, to win souls. And uh, Jackie got me on the phone, told me that Paul had died. The policeman had come right, to the door right, and said he had right. died in a car crash, and 29 years old, leaving a wife and three babies. And and, uh, and I did the same thing. I just uh, I went in and, and I was in a hotel room, so I didn't have any, you know, uh, cooking oil or olive right, oil or right, right. Crisco oil or any kind right, of oil. Right. So I went in and got something. I don't know what I got out of, I think out of maybe my, maybe my cologne, yeah. uh, got something out of the bathroom there in the hotel room and anointed myself with it. 
and begin to dance before the Lord and thank God that I had a son in heaven. I don't think I handled it as well right. <laughs> in, in, in the following weeks and months uh, as I did that very first day. But anyway, I remember Bob Boos did so many tremendous things he did. Right. And you know, when he was on up in his years, um, and I don't remember how old he was, but he was, he was you know, on up in there. Uh, he actually was trimming a tree one day there in Houston at his home, and uh, the ladder fell, or he fell, uh, and the ladder both, and he landed on it on his back across oh, that right. ladder yes. and broke his back. Right, right. And it didn't just stop him a bit, Renee. I mean, he just he just <laughs> believed God and you know got in a wheelchair yeah. and Lillian would push him to meetings and right, and right. He'd, he'd preach from the from the wheelchair until he got where he could stand up again. You know, so right. you know I, I've been so blessed. You've been so blessed to have those mentors, those right. old fathers and mothers in the faith. My pastor used to say. <laughs> used to say mothers in Israel, you know, right, right. and uh, those mothers and those fathers that led us and guided us, not, not just a, by what they said, but how no, they lived. No, they were such a tough breed. I look back on, you know, the different ministers that, that you and I have been influenced by in our life and like R.W. Schambach and Bob Boose, they were just like, it was amazing to me how they were just like, uh, you know, these booming voices and just had such a, a fierceness about them, like Brother Sumrall and and, oh and you know, just, you know, Hilton Sutton, all of them that just had this presence about them when they walked in the room and they were um, amazing men and women of faith and they had influence over us uh, to to be, uh, you know, it's almost like they, they made you trust God. No, that's they right. made that's you right. want to believe God. And they, were, they had gone through, lived through uh, some of them, two world wars. Absolutely. They had, <laughs> they had fought and one of them probably, and then they were uh, just uh, akin to all of the the real struggles of life, had buried children, buried uh, close family members. They had survived and done well and thrived in an atmosphere of uh, heartache and, and disappointment, but they continued to preach the gospel with such tremendous confidence, fierceness, power, and then mir- the miraculous showed up in all of their lives. And so we, we just salute them always. Terry and I always want to give honor uh, to what where honor is due and uh, realize that everything that we have today is because we're standing on the backs of somebody else's ministry. And we're standing on the shoulders of the apostles and prophets. Jesus said, even in his day, that the church is built upon um, the, the backs and the ministries of the apostles and prophets. Oh, absolutely. It was that, Jesus that Christ. foundation is a strong foundation. Yeah, and that's what we have to have in our lives. And so uh, the purpose for Terry Mize Ministries podcast is to constantly remind you of the strength of the foundation that you are built on and the strength of Terry, as Terry was saying, of the promises of God, the word of God, and that we don't have to back up and be ashamed. Um, I, I, I saw on the news that Vice President uh, Pence was speaking at Liberty University, and he was telling the students at, the, yeah, at, the, yeah, at their graduation that they needed to be strong, they needed to be bold, they needed to be prepared to be persecuted for Christian faith. And as you and I heard on Fox News last week, that uh, persecution of Christians amounts to 82% of 100% 
persecution for religious faith around the world, and that Christianity is now approaching genocidal numbers around the, the world. Persecution the persecution of Christianity is, is approaching genocide, international genocide numbers. Numbers, that we are approaching that. And, and that's why we want the church to wake up <laughs> and know the hour in which you have been called to live and stop focusing on things that are pitiful or unproductive or something disappointing in your life. Stop that foolishness and begin to focus on the preaching of the gospel, the prayers that you must pray for for nations and people around the world, and to stand in the in the presence of God, knowing that you have authority and power, and that you are not a victim, and that you are not someone that can that has to whine and and complain. Um, you know, complaining is such a horrible thing, and and it just just con- consumes your whole life into talking about what makes you happy. And I want, Terry, I just want to real quickly, I want to share with people these scriptures that uh, I've been saying this. I put these scriptures together over a period of weeks here, but in Hebrews three and four, you and I have talked about this so much about, you know, Psalm 78, um, that there remaineth a rest unto the people of God and that Israel was judged because they would not enter into the rest. Well, they wouldn't right. just stand and trust God. And and, and the Lord and he said... says they couldn't enter in because of their unbelief. No, that's exactly right. And there in Hebrews... translate that down, it means lack of faith. Lack of faith. They weren't word people. Right. Uh, and they, you know, uh, the Lord said to, to, to the people of Israel there, he said, it's bad enough that you wouldn't believe Moses he said, it's bad enough that you, that you wouldn't believe me whom you could not see, right. but it's even double dog worse that you wouldn't believe Moses whom you could see. Exactly. And so my confession today is I will enter into God's rest for me today. Yes. So I want to give you this to say what you're going to say every day. And then number two, Jeremiah thirty-one fourteen. I will be satisfied with his goodness. Yes. I am satisfied with God's goodness for me. Deuteronomy 28 47, I will serve the Lord with gladness. Yes, I will too. I will serve the Lord with gladness and be thankful for all of the blessings of God in my life. Habakkuk 3.17, though the fig tree shall not blossom. You know that verse? Yes, though yes, the, yes. You know, so the labor no, of the olive yeah, fail. It no says, yet, yeah, yet I will joy in the God of my salvation. Today, I will joy in the God of my salvation. And then Psalm 37, 4, and there are many verses like this similar. It says, but I will delight myself in the Lord. So put those together and you have five wonderful confessions to say here, I will enter into God's rest for me. I will be satisfied with his goodness. I will serve the Lord with gladness. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will delight myself in the Lord. And as you started out the broadcast today saying, we're going to cast our care over on the Lord and we're going to trust in the Lord and we're going to be free from the torment of our own life. And we're going to follow God and do what God's told us to do. And we're not going to look back. We're going to meet our responsibilities. We're going to do the daily things that God's called us to do, but we will not allow the enemy to disturb, to to, uh, distract us or disturb us in some way that causes us to lose our focus or enthusiasm for the things of God. And so we just want to challenge you with that today and encourage you with those scriptures and you take them and run with it. (laughs) You know, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you there in what is that? First uh, Peter chapter five. 
that he may that he may exalt you in due season by casting all of your care over on him and then you just live with a grateful heart humility and gratitude to me seem to be the two things that attract the presence of God and the blessing of God in your life more than anything else. So we gave you some things there today that'll help you a bunch. And I'm believing God with you. Terry and I are preaching to you. And and I've been hollering at you to tell you that God wants you to live a life that is focused on his promises and not on the problem in your life. God will give you wisdom to handle the problem. He'll give you ideas He'll cause you to walk in faith and love, and he'll give you a successful realm of influence in the lives of people. And certainly, you're going to grow more the more you pray. Isn't that right? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's kind of where we are in life is that the more we pray and the more we we really move over into those realms of things for for the kingdom of God, then God is able to really bring us into a place of fruitfulness in life. And certainly, as, as I said earlier in the program today, um, ministry is influence. No, of course. We want to influence the souls of men and women. And well, we, we have to. And, and that's the whole concept of ministry. You know, you and I, you, you were talking there about Hebrews 3 and 4 and then over there in Psalm 78. I don't know if you finished your, your thought there, what you were going to say, but that's so vital. I mean, God, God is talking in Hebrews 3 and 4 way over in the, in the New Testament. Right. Talking about hundreds and hundreds of years before the people of Psalm 78 who the Bible says they they tempted God. Yeah. Now these are God's well, people. It said well. they tempted God and they limited the holy one of Israel. They well. tied his hands. And he was still mad about it over in Hebrews. <laughs> and he's he telling was. the people in Hebrews, oh, he's telling goodness. them in New Testament days about don't you dare be like they were back in what he no. called the day of provocation, the day That's they right. provoked me, the day they made me mad, the day they... He said, they it, tested it, me and they tried me and they saw they, my they works limited, for 40 years. They limited the Holy they One of Israel. wouldn't believe My me. dear friend T.L. Osborne told me decades ago, he said, Terry, that's the greatest sin in the Bible. He said, they limited the wow. Holy One of Israel. He said, that's what Christians do when they don't do the word of God, they're not word people and they limit, they tempt God and they limit the Holy one of Israel. And we, we were talking about, you need to be a word person, a word believer, a person that believes the word acts on the word, adheres to the word, the word guides their life. But see those people, those people in Psalm 78 weren't word people, even though they were Hebrews raised on the Bible, raised on the old Testament, but it says that their parents, now get this. It says that their parents did not train the children, right. did not teach the children, did not tell the children, did not impress upon the children That's right. the things that God had done for Israel. And the Amplified Bible says the great facts. The great facts. The great facts. These I are facts. That. These aren't fairy tales. These are the great facts no, the great of what facts. God has done for Israel. So, so, so as they were going to war, you can read it there in Psalm 78, as they were going to war, they were equipped for war. They had their swords. They had, they had their shields. They had their spears. All the they weapons. Had, they had all the weapons going into war, and it says that they turned, turned back. back. They turned back. They turned back from the battle. They turned back right. from war and came home defeated because their parents had not taught them, trained them, ministered to them, told them, indoctrinated them That's right. in the word 
about the great facts of what God had done for Israel. Here's where God That's right. split the Red Sea. Here's where God gave exactly. us water out of a rock. Here's That's where right. God gave us manna and, and quail. Do you know how much quail on toast is these days? God gave us <laughs> quail and manna to eat. Here's Man where God eat split the food. Here's where God split the Jordan River and we walked over on dry ground into the promised land that he had promised us all those hundreds of years and he gave it to us and and made the Jordan River stand up. Uh, and, and we went over right. on dry ground. He, they didn't tell those their children those things. Exactly. And so when they did, God said they they turned aside like a like a warped and deceitful bow, oh. meaning a bow and arrow, bow an and archer. Arrow. Right. Uh, uh, they they turned aside and they were like a warped and deceitful bow. The Amplified says, "Who would not respond mm. to the archer's aim?" Now you know I'm a, I'm an archer. You know I'm 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 a hunter. I've shot. Uh, game with bows, and I can't imagine sitting out there behind a tree somewhere, or up in a tree somewhere, and here comes some ten-point buck walking out there, uh, <laughs> mine for the taking. Yeah. And I raise my bow and arrow, my archery set up there right. to to to, right. to fire, and my bow's all warped and deceitful, and will not respond to the archer's aim, and so I miss my shot because my bow's lousy. And that's what God said they were. He said those people turned back from battle. Right. They tempted me. They tried me. Over they limited over. the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. They were like a warped and deceitful bow that would not respond to the archer's aim. But see, you can't be a word person no, if right. you don't know the word. No. And so those people were not trained by their parents, the word. Mm. And so they're just going out there uh, like anybody else, just any any typical person. And that's exactly what's happening in the church and in the world today, Renee. You know, the government has stopped us from teaching the word in school. So people have had to leave public schools right. and go to private schools or Christian schools if they want their kids to hear the word in school. Right. Not everybody can do that. And, and I think it's a shame that you'd have to do it because we used to get the word right in public school. Yeah. You know, we used to have the Bible right in public school. Man, we'd say the, the Pledge of Allegiance and, and then right. we'd pray and then we'd have Bible. And, and get uh, ten, but, the Ten Commandments hanging on the wall. Oh, absolutely. But see, all that's changed. Yeah. And, and so the church, the, the school's not telling the kids the word. No. Uh, a lot of most so many kids today, according to statistics, are latchkey kids, or they raise themselves because they're a, they're a single parent home, single moms raising these kids, and right. mom's got to be out working one job or two jobs to make to make ends meet, and wow. so the kids just go home by themselves. So they're not getting the training at home, even though the parents are good parents, the mom's a good mom. She doesn't she's wrung out, worn out, doesn't have time to get the word in them. School's not doing it, so that only leaves church. And now the government's sticking their nose in the church and saying, "Don't talk, don't talk, don't say anything bad about homosexuality. Don't say anything bad about this. Don't say anything bad about that. Don't well, church. Don't talk about sin. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah, don't, don't, make don't anybody offend feel somebody. Bad. Don't say anything bad about Buddhists or <laughs> or, or atheists or, or or Islam or you know, don't say anything that would. You know, Billy Graham said we're living in a we're living in an America where we don't want to offend anybody except God. No, that's we don't right. mind offending God." But anyway, where are your kids going to get the information? No, you know, in right. the old days in America, all throughout the history of America, the grandparents would speak the word into the grandkids. Exactly. Mom and dad's working on the farm yeah. and, and supplying the living. <laughs> and grandparents are there with yeah. the kids, with the grandkids. They're training them and teaching them in the things of God and the words of God. And then as everybody grew up, then the parents became grandparents, the kids became parents, and, and the cycle continued but then all of a sudden, you know, after World War II, there was this great migration into the cities because all of a sudden, uh, for, for the first time ever, women had gone to work. And right. During World War II, we pulled the women out of the house 
and put them to be Rosie the Riveter, you know. Yeah, my right. my grandma built uh, B fifty two bombers there in in, in at Consolidated uh, well, out there in uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, right? And right. Uh, built the uh, you know built B fifty two bombers for the war effort. But after World War Two, the women said, "Hey, man." We, we can, can make, make our, our own, own money. We can make our own money. We're not dependent <laughs> right. on a man anymore. Right. And the men said, hey, we don't want to go back to the farm. We've seen the painted women of France. We've seen the, the neon lights. We've seen the excitement. We don't want to go back to the farm. The women said, well, we don't want to go back to the farm. And so there was this migration into the city. Grandparents became separated from kids. Uh, and then divorces started happening because of all that. Uh, oh, before, right. we hadn't had those divorces. But now, all of a sudden, it was an epidemic. And so then you ended up with single moms and you had deadbeat dads that uh, uh, wasn't taking care of the family, wasn't being responsible for the family. So mom had to get up and do it. And all of a sudden the kids are left to themselves. And the Bible says a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. And that's been proven over and over and over and over again. And oh, so, right. so home used to give them the word of God. That didn't happen anymore. School used to give them the word of God. That didn't happen anymore. That leaves church. And church has gone to Sunday morning services and no Sunday night and no revivals and no no three-day conferences. It's just Sunday morning, here's an hour, and that's all you get. That's all you get. And then you wonder why America's in the problem that she's in today. It's a travesty. You can't be word people if you don't know the word. It's a travesty and a tragedy of what's been done to the family unit in America. And I I was going to just remark here about you know, grandparents and everything. My my grandmothers and, and both of my grandmothers, but but my mother's mother specifically, she would tell me the stories oh, yeah. of all the things that happened to them during World War One, the Great Depression, World War Two, and all the miracles yes. that God did to help them get a job, take care of the rest of the family. And it was because I mean, she told me over and over, and, I'd say, and I would go to her, Terry, and say, Grammy, tell me some more stories. No, I well, I'd too. heard those stories forever, Sure. but I would say, Grammy, tell me some more stories. And I would just spend hours back in her bedroom with her when I was a little girl, and she would just tell me about how she and my grandfather, from the day they got married, and she would always say, we... When on our wedding night, we found a little tourist court, is what they used to call right. it back there. No not hotels, a motel. No. Not a motel, not a hotel, but a tourist court. And she said it had a little wood burning stove in the middle of the room. And before we went to bed that night, we got down in the light. That's all the light the room had. She said, we got down our tummies and opened our Bible to Malachi. And we committed to God that we would always be tithers. And we would always give to him and that we would serve him all the days of our life. And, you know, my grandfather had had fought in World War One and over there in Verdun in, in France. And he was at, when they got married, he was 28 and my grandmother was 24. And um, so she was she she was born in 1900. So this is 1924. And so they're getting married in 1924. And um, they make that commitment to the Lord. And they told of how stories about my grandfather's... Making that kind of commitment on your wedding night. Yeah, on your wedding night to literally tie... The Bible says they too became one flesh. So now they're a new creature. He's a new creature as a born-again person. She's a new creature as a born-again person. Now they're married. So God says now they're another new creature that they too become (laughs) one flesh. And so they, as that new creature, vowed before God... Right. All of our days, we'll serve God, and all our days, we'll pay our tithe. Father, you'll, and we'll she said, God. God, you're going to get our first check 
every time yeah, and she'd tell so me that over and over and over and over again and my grandfather would tell me how you know his his mother had prayed about him for every day while he was in world war one and the first house they had uh down there in the oil fields in south texas where that didn't have a floor it just had a dirt floor sure, terry sure. and they would she would get up every morning and sweep the floor and, and get all the dust out and 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 pray bake breakfast and pray over it and she said when the oil patch would move to a new well they'd go out there with a a, a big a crane the crane and pick the house pick up the whole house up <laughs> No floor, and just pick move up the walls and the to roof. the next place where they were going to drill. And she said it was just absolutely amazing how they lived in the Great Depression, you know, was going on. Sure. And she said they were the only ones during the Great Depression in the whole family that had a job. Yeah, and yeah. they supported five other families. Because they were tithers. Her brother and, and sisters because they were tithers. And then she told me about how they lived out in the country and how people tried to steal from them and, and, and how the, the Lord would just have the uh, a dog or a noise or something something and she said i'd be laying there in bed and i didn't know why i was awake and all of a sudden i'd hear something out there in the yard and knew somebody was trying to steal Mm -hmm. and she said we'd go out there and catch him and she said it was just one thing after and their old dog uh jack she told me about stories about how he had done that and how the lord provided and they didn't have any money and and one situation all of a sudden my grandfather got this tremendous job because he did drag lines he ran the machines on these big drag lines all over the country and even worked in europe for one company and they would she would just tell me these stories terry over and over the great facts of what god had done god did for them well growing up you hear that all the time and then you're in a great Pentecostal church that preaches as best they know how the Word of God, and there's a move of the Spirit in every service yes. that we have. See, kids don't hear that today. No, they don't hear that, and they don't we've have eliminated, that. We've eliminated school. We've eliminated right. uh, home. We've eliminated church yeah. for all practical purposes. And so the kids are just believing what they're knot-headed friends are saying and, and what the knot-headed teachers are saying. No Internet, only three channels. So we were immersed by the influence sure. of God, I had sure. the opportunity to be immersed. Oh, absolutely! Among godly people, no, absolutely, and people that would that talked the word. You know, I, I do the same thing. I talk to my word. mom and say, "Tell me about when you were a little girl in church. Tell me about the right. miracles that right. you saw. Tell me about the." And I talk to my grandmother. And then when her Jackie and I got married, I'd go, I'd drive up to Oklahoma from Texas and see her grandmother, right. and I'd say, "Mom." Tell me about when you got saved. Tell me about when you got the Holy Ghost. Tell me about things that happened right, in church. Right, right. And I, I think, Renee, I think when the Holy Ghost fell the first time, I think Jackie's grandmother was there. And, you know, back in those days, everybody had these big high beds. You know, you could get right, under a bed right, back right. then. You can't get under beds anymore. But but uh, she she told me that going across the room, God filled her with the Holy Ghost walking across her bedroom. Said, said knocked her in the floor and slid her all the way across the room underneath that bed. Wow. And all that was sticking out was her head. <laughs> and uh, she she just was praying in tongues for hours and hours. You know, I yeah, heard that yeah, story. We hear that. I don't yeah. know how many times I heard that story, and I never tired of it. Every time I'd go back, even when I was in the army, I'd go back and say, "Mom, tell me about when you got the Holy Ghost. Right. Tell me about the things of God." And see, kids uh, kids need that today. They need that. But where are the mothers of God? Where are the mothers of Israel? Right. Where are the fathers? Where are the generals? Where you know, so many uh, of the church today, if they're looking for anything at all, they're not looking for the fathers. Right. They're looking for the young lines. They're looking for the young preachers that are on television. Nothing wrong with them. I love the young lines. You know, they're, they're looking for the young guys that are on TV and they dress funky and talk right. funky. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love the young lines. Some of them, some of them are my young lines that I've taught and trained and been a part of their lives over decades and decades. 
but my point is they're not fathers right and so the the kids are looking to well, the, the instead of looking to the there. fathers yeah, the they're looking to the young lions who are busy and still trying to do their ministry and we still need mothers in israel and we still need fathers in the faith and generals in the faith and uh, how can you be a word person right it's almost like paul said about being saved he said how can you be saved right <laughs> Unless you can hear about Jesus. He said, all oh, you have to right. do, Romans 10, all you have to do is the heathen anywhere in the world. All they have to do is call on the name of the Lord and they'll be saved. Well, that's so simple. No, but then he right. asked four very pointed questions. He said, but how can they call on someone in whom they've not believed? Question one. And how can they believe on someone on whom they've not heard? Question exactly. two. And so, how can they hear without a preacher? Without question a preacher. three. And how can they preach unless they be sent? Question four. It's, it's up to all of us to be senders, to be goers, to be exactly. missionaries, to, to go and win souls ourselves or, 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 or partner yeah. with somebody that is doing it. and uh, It's just God's plan. Well, he's always got a system for success. I remember years ago, Terry, too, you know, my our Sunday school teachers were such godly little ladies, and uh, I, they, I can remember marvelous. I was such a flannel graph child <laughs> that I, my favorite part of the Sunday school lesson was flannel graph. And I remember those teachers teaching on how Moses was pulled out of the bulrushes sure. and they put those pictures sure. up. And then when they showed those 10 plagues, how God brought all of that over the land of Egypt, Absolutely. the 10 plagues, and yet there was light in the land of Goshen. There were no frogs in the, no frogs in the land of Goshen. No there were no luck, the locusts in the land of Goshen. I mean, and they show they well, in a they, flannel graph, people don't even know what that is. Right. You're talking There's to no today. There's no internet. No, it, it was just no a it was just a board up on an easel covered with flannel. Yeah, and then they had little little pictures cut colored out, colored pictures, pictures, colored pictures, which is a big, big deal. deal back then. And they would stick that up on that on that flannel and, right. and just the just the. It was like a paper doll cutout. Yeah, like would a just, paper doll it would cutout. Stick to that flannel. Uh, cover that on that easel, part of and the they whole called it lesson. flannel graph, <laughs> and so where we have videos today to right, watch, right. Uh, they just simply took these little cut-out pictures, you know, here's Moses in the bulrush, here's here's yeah. the plagues of Egypt, here's here's Jesus on the cross, well, you just stick it up on that flannel graph, and tell a whole story and it with was, those pictures during the Sunday school lesson. And it was dependent upon that, that sweet little lady to have the anointing enough Absolutely. To, to keep our attention, sure. just with that simple thing, and I, I just am... I'm amazed today how much it takes people, um, you know, through their eye gate to be interested, to even listen. And yet we were taught how to listen from the word. We were taught how to listen by watching a teacher, a human being, teach us the word of God. And it, and that way, I think when I went away to Bible college, I had so much more word on the inside of me because we had had all of that teaching, all of those testimonies, all of those great men and women of God, like Gordon Lindsay and T.L. Osborne and, and uh, Brother William Branham and all of these people telling their stories. And, you know, Brother Hagan just continued in that line. Sure, Brother Copeland sure. has, where Brother Hagan, we, we, we could tell Brother Hagan's stories as good as, as, good as he, he could, could yeah, you know, yeah. because we had those wonderful, this it's is what God did for me. Right. This is how God did it for me. This is how I got off the bed you know, of Brother Osteen used to say, nobody can tell your your testimony like you That's can. right. That's Everybody right. has a testimony and you need to be telling it. Well, and it's so important that we tell those great facts of this is how God helped us and he'll help you. Yes. And there's no reason for you to be worried about this because look where we are. God's already done it for all these people in the Bible. And let me tell you my story. That's right. And God did it for me and he's done it for millions of other people around the world. And there's no reason for you to be fearful and worried 
and unbelieving like the children of Israel. Here's the story. Yes. You get into your Bible. This is our story. Listen to what all these other... That's why these great books of Brother Hagen and, and uh, Smith Wigglesworth and, and um, uh, Lester Sumrall and sure, great men and sure. women of God that have done so many wonderful things. There's stories out there, and there's no reason <laughs> for you to have an unbelieving heart and not enter into God's That's rest. That's exactly right. That's and trust exactly him. Right. Well, we're going to have to go, sadly. Well, yeah, I hadn't got to talk about the things I wanted to talk about. I got oh so gosh. stirred up about the Word. <laughs> but we enjoy doing these podcasts and ministering know, to you. I, I trust they're a help to you and a blessing to you. TerryMize.com, TerryMize.com. Tell your friends. Yes. And uh, we do a new one every Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, the 15th of May. And uh, and then you can go back in the archives, and there's over 300, I'm, excuse me, there's over 150. What fifty something? Yeah, in the archives, yeah. in you the just archives. go back and listen to Renee and I talk Bible about the, talk about the Word of God. Put yourself through Bible school. <laughs> That's turn right. us on, turn us off, turn us on, turn us off. Say Terry preach, Renee preach, right, and right. then say y'all hush now. I'm gonna turn you off. But those are available to you free for nothing. That's right. What to, a blessing! Uh, before we go, darling, tell folks where we're going to be this Sunday preaching. And where we're headed after that? This Sunday we're going to be in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Yes, with uh, Chuck. Uh, Eveline, right, and uh, going to be ministering there. I believe it's just Sunday a.m. Sunday morning could be Sunday night. I need to double check that. But uh, Chuck Eveline uh, in Jefferson, Jeffersonville, Indiana, and then we're on our way up to uh, Montreal, Canada. Uh, last year we had such tremendous meetings, nine sessions with with Pastor Pierre and Louise Sear, right. French speaking Assembly of God Church in Montreal. And uh, just had miracles and miracles and miracles. I mean, outstanding miracles. And uh, and so uh, they've asked us to come back and do it right, again. So right. we're going to have really nine sessions again. Three nine on, sessions three again on with Sunday them. and uh, two on Monday, two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday. Nine sessions uh, starting uh, a week from what two, what, two weeks from Sunday? Yeah, two weeks from it Sunday. It may be the first, the first Sunday of uh, June. First Sunday of June, be yes, right. Yes, yeah. yes. Whatever that day is. Well, we're looking but, forward uh, to it. But but anyway, we'll be with uh, Chuck and Tammy uh, Evelyn this Sunday in Jeffersonville, Missouri. And uh, and, and I, then I'm we're in Canada. Of, I'm trying to think of the name of the church off the top of my head, and I, I don't... Uh, and then we're going to be in Indiana with uh, Chris Holland. Right. And uh, that'll in, be the in Sunday... In Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. And we're, we're just really excited about these particular meetings we've had we've had two great weeks of meetings in Missouri and in Illinois with wonderful pastors Tony and Mary Kroger and then we were just up in Illinois with Daryl and Sherry Dolby oh, and dear friends oh dear, my dear, my dear friends. wonderful wonderful great God called pastors doing a work for the Lord and uh, partner churches as well and so we're going to be going to these other um, weekend places and then this multiple day meeting there in Canada, Montreal. And we're believing God. So y'all pray for us. We're thankful that you're our partners and you are being fed by the Word of God. And we're cheering for you. God loves you and we love you. And remember, you can find us at terrymize.com. Y'all have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, 
Thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.